Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of having a guest, Everett Fresnel, we're going to talk about the voice on the recent debate. If you'd like to join the conversation, feel free to go ahead and pose a question in the chat room or call us at 347-334-3460 or you can email us at info at the Core Business Show. Uh, Everett, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Tim. I guess to begin with, tell us about yourself. I have a personal story, so if you mind, just take a moment and tell us where you're from and about you. Sure, sure. Well, I, I, uh, I'm from Florida. I'm one of the, uh, we used to joke that I'm one of the few, the proud, the natives down here in Florida. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, but I, I was born down in Fort Lauderdale and grew up in, in a really uh, a hardcore, staunch Republican, died-in-the-wool Republican household. And, <clears throat> pardon me, um, when I got into my mid-20s, I started uh, – I started looking into opening my own businesses. Started, uh, uh, you know, first it was as just an independent contractor for other companies, but treated as my own business, and then it kind of grew from there. And as I started running businesses, real businesses with employees and this kind of stuff, I started realizing what a nightmare government interference was in the business, uh, in the business world, and how really what it did is it, it literally just squashed businesses. It, it kept businesses from from starting. And the businesses that were there it kept them from expanding, which of course it has negative ramifications across the board. Not, not as much people are being employed. Uh, you know, there's jobs that aren't taken advantage of because businesses can't afford to hire people because of regulation, etc. So uh, I kind of drifted away from the Republican Party. The more I realized that they were part of the problem, they're just the other side of the coin as far as the statist is concerned. And I started realizing that they're doing the same thing the Democrats are doing, and that's kind of how I found libertarianism. I've always been kind of a political junkie, and uh, uh, and now with uh, uh, you know now that I have really understand a, uh, what what political philosophies are all about, I've I've really landed as a staunch libertarian, uh, uh, as if not only philosophically in that a lower lowercase L is what they what they say, but also as a member of the Libertarian Party. Well, kind of tell the people who don't know what the Libertarian Party is. Tell us what they're all about. Um, well, basically, the Libertarian Party says the government should stay out of anything that does not involve the violation of your rights. So, uh, I, I mean, that's that's obviously the very broad brush Reader's Digest version, but but if you're doing something... You have the right to do anything that you want as long as it doesn't violate anybody else's rights. So you don't have the right to steal from somebody. You don't have to right, have the right to uh, take from them by fraud or by force. Uh, you don't have the right to force other people to do something. Um, so, for example, obviously slavery is wrong because that's using force to force other people to do work that you want them to do. Um, however, the right to contract is – so if two people enter into a contract, 
it, it's it's completely uh, uh, you know I mean the, the Libertarian Party says government should be completely out of that. They don't have any right to stick their nose in that sort of thing. Um, agreements, what happens between two adults? Government doesn't have any right to stick their uh, stick their nose in that sort of thing. What you want to put in your body, whether it's uh, uh, much of Mayor Bloom, whether it's a, a supersized Coca Cola um, with uh, with extra sugar added, or whether it's marijuana or some other drug. That's your business. It's your body. Just don't expect me to pay for it. Don't expect me to cover the ramifications of your decisions. But uh, uh, but you you can do whatever you want to your body. So these things are we we just think that government, if if it doesn't involve violating somebody else's rights, government should not be involved in it at all. The, the reason government is there is to make sure that that your rights as an individual are not trumped on or are not violated by somebody else's actions. Okay. You know, it's always known when it comes to taxation, liberals really don't think the government should tax uh, individuals on anything. Is that still the same case, or that's not really the case? Uh, we got to have, in order to have anybody to govern us, we have to have some type of ways to pan for it. Um, and taxation uh, seems like it's the only way that that to work. Well, there's there's obviously, I mean, there's there's a broad range of of, uh, of opinions under the umbrella of um, uh, libertarianism. Uh, so, for example, mm-hmm. let's take something that a lot of libertarians are also objectivists. So they're also adherents to Ayn Rand's philosophy of objectivism. Now, Ayn Rand said that the government should be run off donations, so that it doesn't dare do something that uh, that the people don't like, because then literally we can we can immediately starve uh, starve the government of money so that they can't do what we don't want them to do. I don't know that I agree with that. I think that's a little too far, and it opens up, obviously, for very successful people to make large donations and then the government to pander to certain people over other people, and that's a problem. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that we that there has to be some taxation. It's a necessary evil if we're going to have a government. However, if we had, sol- if we had real money instead of a fiat currency, and if we had um, if we had uh, a government that was the size that it's supposed to be instead of a bloated behemoth of a government, then taxation would be so nominal that it, it, it wouldn't – nobody would mind it. Nobody minds. Everybody understands that if, if something's coming in, there might be a tariff. Uh, uh, but for the first 100, 150 years of, of, of the country's existence, the government supported itself on tariffs, and on uh, on sale of public land, so a uh, sale and rental and, and use of public land. So mm-hmm. it's not really necessary to have an individual income tax except for two things. Number one, the size of the government, and number two, the fact that a certain amount of money has to be taken out of circulation every year. Otherwise, uh, otherwise inflation will go crazy because it's a fiat currency. So they keep printing money. Well, they got to they got to skim that money. They got to skim a certain percentage of that money off out of the economy, otherwise the economy goes nuts. So it's a, a combination of the two. So yes, we do have wow. to have some taxation. However, the taxation does not need to be to the level that it is, or now they're talking about making it higher. It's not necessary. If we followed uh, if we followed good, real solutions, solid money, you know, I, I mean, look, a dime used to buy you, there was a time in the country when a dime would buy you a gallon of gas. Well, today, obviously, a dime won't buy you a gallon of gas, but the silver that they used in that dime 
So if you took that diamond, melted it down to just silver, and then sold the silver, that would buy you a gallon of gas. So think about that for a second. That That's the mm-hmm. difference in money. People say, oh, well, you know, the good old days when a dime bought you a gallon of gas. Well, what the dime was was actually 0.09 ounces of silver. And 0.09 ounces of silver will just about buy you a gallon of gas today. I might have my numbers off a little bit. I don't have a calculator, so I apologize. My numbers are off a little bit. <laughs> but but the well, but but the example is is the example is true. So solid money with solid money in a in, in a smaller government, taxation would not have to be what it is. And I don't think anybody would object to paying a little bit of taxes on this or a little bit of taxes on that to make sure that uh, to make sure we had a functioning government that would defend our shores, not donation build that would. Uh, uh, that would protect our rights. So if somebody breaks into the house, we have police who will come and make sure that uh, you know make sure that person is apprehended. Obviously, there's several different levels of government. Uh, it's it's when it starts getting you know overbearing that people get upset. Wow. Well, you know, we talked about your business. Uh, you mentioned that at the top of the hour. What type of things that uh, you feel that's really uh, the regulating that's hurting businesses today, uh, all this regulation you mentioned, both sides of the uh, parties. Well, any regulation hurts hurts business. And when it hurts business, it's thing that too many people understand. When businesses are hurt, then workers are hurt. See, so this is this is not – I've known a lot of business owners, and I have yet mm-hmm. to meet Snidely Whiplash. Of all the business owners I've met, and I've known, entrepreneurs I've known, I have yet to meet a guy who's snidely whiplash, uh, you know, who sits in the back room and laughs about how he can steal from orphans and, and uh, widows and and uh, gets out there with a whip and, and, and you know, smacks on the back of, uh, on the back of his employees. I, I have yet to meet that guy. Here's the truth. The free market increases uh, – uh, it, it increases – the the level and and I'll, I'll this ties into the answer so I don't think I'm going off on a tangent. The free market oh. increases worker uh, 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 worker um, circumstances far better than government regulation ever could. So, for mm-hmm. example, if you look at uh, if you look at the graph of workplace accidents since OSHA was enacted, it looks like OSHA did a magnificent job of reducing workplace accidents. But here's the truth. If you back that graph up 50 years, you find that it's the same slope. The same slope, exactly the same slope was happening before OSHA came into, uh, uh, came into to effect as after OSHA came into effect. The free market was already increasing, uh, increasing workplace safety. Same thing with unions. If you look at when unions started coming around and, you know, you look at employee wages, well, it's the same slope. If you back that graph up, it's the same slope. The free market handles these sorts of things. So what happens when government gets into that and starts regulating it, it, start, it hurts both sides of the equation. Business, every time business has to pay a little money to, combine, to, to, um, uh, uh, to meet or to, uh, 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 to uh, comply with the regulation, then that's money they don't have to pay employees. That's money they don't have to do advertising to generate more business. That's money they don't have to, uh, pardon me, uh, to increase operations or to do training. Um, and when they can't increase operations, when they can't do advertising, and when they can't hire empl- more employees, then the, the, the net result is less jobs. And less, less jobs equals lower wages for the people who are working. 
because a lot of a lot with wages is supply and demand. So I have somebody working for me that I'm paying $25 an hour to do a job, and there's another guy over here who's out of work but out of work for six months and is more than happy to do the exact same job that this person's doing, only he'll do it at $15 an hour because he's been out of work. Well, now I can replace my $25 an hour person with a $15 an hour person. Well, that's no good. For what, what the ideal situation is that I have enough business, my business is expanding enough that I can bring the guy aboard, maybe $20 an hour and give him a chance to get some raises. But if I can't do that because of government regulation, then I'm going to swap them out. So wages are suppressed because of government regulation, because it puts, uh, because it reduces employment. Um, employment is suppressed because of government regulation, because the, the, the company has to spend more money on keeping up with uh, uh, you know, on hiring professionals, for example, taxes. It's a nightmare every year to do taxes. I got to hire a CPA to do taxes for my different businesses and my personal taxes and everything else. It cost me, you know, cost me thousands of dollars to get everything done, and it's an absolute nightmare. And and I don't have any idea whether he's doing it right or not. I, I'm hoping he is. Knock wood. I have to hire somebody I trust. But do you think you, there's you, a? You see in, what I mean? I mean, yes. Yeah, so do you see there's an imbalance? Because I think if you're a large company, you can absorb those fees. There's just nominal uh, if you're making 10 or 100 million dollars a year then it's weighted differently then you need that person in order to save you money however for small business it, that's when it becomes real taxing if you're only making 250 you pay your accountant 20 uh 25 dollars to do your taxes in order to save you some to bring your tax bill down um then it hurts however on the the top end of that with large companies or mid-sized companies that makes a lot of money can afford to do that. However, I think what happens, they just go off the, some of them go off the deep end. They really, and usually I'm thinking, which I agree with you, it, I mean, then the government comes in and stumbles on because, you know, they can't trust them to do what they're supposed to do the right way. They end up taking shortcuts, doing this, that, or doing things that they're supposed to do, then we have to put something in place to kind of protect the public. Do you see that as kind of like at one extreme or another, the, the small business owner who's trying to make it, do the right thing, and have to hire an accountant to do all the things to get every break you get, then you have the larger company who's taking advantage of making it difficult for everybody else. Here's what opinion about that. Okay. It, 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 I would I would answer your question with an answer with a question rather. Mm-hmm. Name one large corporation that you talk that you talked about hundred million, two hundred million, five hundred million that does those kind of revenues and does not do business with the government. You see, mm-hmm. the, the these businesses are that big and they do that kind of work because they do business with the government because the government. We're going to take a break moment. We'll be back. Uh, you listen to the Core Business Show. You're listening to the Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group.
Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Okay, we're back, and we're going to talk about our topic, which is the libertarian voice on debate. Uh, Everett, go ahead and continue. Okay, sorry about that, I, you know, technology. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. What, I was, uh, <laughs> what I was saying is that companies get that large by doing business with governments. Um, they do business with people who are friends of theirs who are in the government, and then they use that money to buy pull and to buy influence that allows them to do more business with people who are uh, with people who are government, uh, uh, you know, people in the government. And of course, the government uses force to get its revenues, and then gives contracts to uh, uh, to, um, uh, uh, to companies that it has some sort of uh, uh, some sort of dealings with. For example, Halliburton, um, the the contracts Halliburton got under. Uh, under Bush, which I understand were perfectly legal. However, the vice president, Dick Cheney, had been a, a former executive at Halliburton. So this chairman. was a contract that clearly, they, I mean, I'm sorry? Yeah, uh, I think it was the chairman, wasn't it? Or the CEO? I, I think he was the chairman. He, he was the CEO or chairman. I, it, it escapes me at this moment exactly, but he was a real high level, he was definitely an officer of the company, real high level executive. So this is a situation where you got uh, you got somebody who's getting uh, a contract from the government based almost for sure on the relationship with somebody who's a high-ranking member of the government. So my point is is that um, I understand what you're saying about at some point companies get so big that maybe there's some regulation that's necessary. Number one, I would say that the free market and a free press will counter, will handle that better than any regulation ever. And number two, I would say that uh, uh, that if it wasn't for a bloated monstrosity of a government, the companies very rarely would get that big anyway. You know, there's, there's, there are numerous monopolies. You know, there's, there's no such thing as a monopoly unless government, unless government, for, unless government enforces the monopoly. So your local cable company has a monopoly for your area because the government enforces. They purchase from your local government, county or city government, the right to maintain a monopoly in that area. There's no there's there's no way to have a monopoly. All these antitrust laws are ridiculous because it's impossible to have a monopoly unless government enforces the monopoly. Otherwise, you can have competitors. The minute you start charging too much money, the minute you start you you start uh, uh, treating your customers poorly, the minute that people are not satisfied and don't want to work with you anymore because they don't like the uh, 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 the direction you're going politically or they don't like the direction you're going as a business, then in the market, you have competitors crop up, and those competitors can steal your business. That's what happens. Believe it or not, there's guys or companies that thrive when Walmart comes to town. 
there's a bunch of them that closed down. Some of them, most of them closed down. Most of the small businesses closed down before Walmart even opens. They just, you know, they just roll up their roll up their bag and give up. You know, put up the white flag and and I'm going home. The companies that stay there and that work figure out a way. And there's all these little companies that uh, uh, that that are feeding off of Walmart's different areas. So there's um, uh, auto centers that do wonderfully when Walmart comes to town because it pulls more people. So even though there's a Walmart auto center, people don't want to do business with the Walmart auto center. They want business with the auto center with a local auto center. So they go over there and do business with them. These kind of examples are everywhere. And in a market, regulation is handled by you and by me and where we spend our money as opposed with the government. Regulation is handled by somebody in an office somewhere who doesn't have any idea about the uh, uh, you know about the specifics uh, about the specifics of a situation and wants to enforce on everybody involved in that situation a ruling that they give from on high and number one I kind of resent that and number two that you know this is not the economy is not something that you run and, and of course businesses and consumers is, is that is the economy you know the economy is us the economy is not some some big machine somewhere. So you get businesses and consumers who are interacting with each other in the way that they want to interact, and that forms the economy. Central planners come in and they view the economy as a uh, as a chessboard or a checkerboard where they move people around the way they want to move around. But you can't do that because that's not the way it works. You let it go. It's a natural system, and you let the natural system flow, and you will find that it will work perfectly fine, and it will protect everybody involved. And it will make sure that I, I mean it might not work in a month. It might be a couple of years before uh, before an, inequ- an inequity is resolved. But the market will handle any inequity that comes up. The only thing that you got to keep out of the market is physical force because that distorts the market. And of course, that's what the government's for. So if okay. I don't want to do business with you, then you know uh, uh, then I can't force you to do business with me with a gun. But that's what the government does to people. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Let's show uh, about the debate real quick. Uh, uh-huh. Are libertarians really supporting Romney or they're uh, supporting um, um, the president themselves? Well, for libertarians, and of course I don't speak for every libertarian in the world, but okay. I can tell you I, that, that the libertarians I know, and me included, are not supporting Romney at all. You got Romney, you got Obama. They're the exact same picture of each other, just wrapped up in a different suit. I mean, it's the same guy, just with different different gift wrapping on him. And uh, I'm not particularly interested in putting in, in, in assisting to put somebody in the White House who is a statist. And this goes for either one of them. It's not just you know I'm not, I'm not just not pointing to Romney right now, but they're statists. Sure. They'll erode civil liberties. They'll uh, continue to devalue the dollar, and they'll continue wars abroad. Um, which are going to hurt, which are going to hurt further, hurt our economy, and I won't, uh, I won't assist in putting any of them, uh, uh, either one of them, in, in office. Um, you know, I, I think the only two ways to really, uh, really approach it are number one, go and vote for somebody, do a little research. There's, there's a few, uh, there's a few, quote unquote, third party candidates out there, and, and of course, third party is a name that is given to any party other than the major two. But, but research the candidate and decide which candidate really is going to represent your thoughts best, your beliefs on where the country should go best. And nobody's going to nobody's going to agree on every item and a platform perfectly, 
but the overarching vision of where the country's going. Uh, you know, you want to vote for the person who has that vision that that you share that vision with. Um, and uh, and I, I guess if that's Romney or Obama, then okay. But I can't. You know, it would be anybody. But I, I understand mm-hmm. some people. You know, um, the. Uh, uh, but but vote. so that's one way is to vote for somebody who shares your overarching vision. The other way is just don't vote. Don't take part in a system that is um, geared to uh, that is geared to to um, uh, uh, that is geared towards a false choice. So what they've done, they meaning the political machine, the Republicans, the Democrats, they have created a false choice. They've said uh, they've created a vacuum that says your choice is only Darth Vader or Satan. Which one do you want? Now, depending on your point of view, you know, depending on your point of view, you can decide which one's Darth Vader and which one's Satan. But either way, basically, you're voting for one who's less bad than the other one, the lesser of two evils. But you're still voting for evil. And, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 saw, I heard a great line a few weeks ago, and I've asked several Romney supporters this, and nobody can give me an answer. They just kind of shrug. And it's this, without making reference to the president in any way, shape, or form, Explain to me why you want Mitt Romney to be president, and nobody can do it. Nobody can give you a real answer. It's always, well, because Obama, well, because we can't have another four years of Obama, well, because Obama has these policies, well, because, well, you know, then that's Darth Vader or Satan. So you got to, when enough people wake up and stop worrying about, quote, unquote, wasting their vote and start saying, you know what? I'm going to vote for the person with whom I have the closest shared vision for the country. Then we'll get some real change in the country. Why do you think? Uh, um, sorry to go over. You know, about 15 years ago, we had Ross Perot was a real strong candidate, and he backed off um, somewhere in the middle of the election. Uh, I can't remember what was the something with his daughter. Uh, I don't know if she was or something was going on, but he dropped out temporarily. But he had mm-hmm. the momentum to be a very serious third-party candidate uh, until he decided to, to campaign temporary for a couple of months uh, for a family issue, and then he got back into the race. Then he lost that particular momentum. Why since then, uh, over, what, 17 years later, he hasn't been able to get a, a real good third-party candidate into place? Because Ross Perot scared the hell out of him. Ross Perot them to death. Ross Perot even with it, Ross Perot was going to win. He was going to win that. Yeah. Uh, he was going to be our president and he dropped out of the campaign and then he got back into the campaign. <laughs> now some people say the reason he got back into the campaign um, and this timing with getting back into the campaign was specifically designed to help ensure Bush didn't, get, uh, didn't become president and maybe that is, maybe it's not, I don't know. But even with that lapse, he still got 20% of the popular vote. That means one out of five voters in the country voted for Ross Perot, even though he dropped out and said, I'm, I'm out, and then, oh, I'm back in, and, you know, and he was doing the, the hokey-pokey with the presidential race. Now, that's a tremendous number. Since then, Jesse Ventura, uh, uh, since then, Jesse Ventura ran for governor in Minnesota a few years ago, and they let him into the debate, and they opened the door to him and let him be a quote-unquote serious candidate because he was completely independent. He didn't have any party behind him, and they kind of laughed, ah, this guy will never do anything, and he won scared the bejesus out of these guys. They can't, so what they've done is they've locked down everything. We don't have a, a viable third-party candidate because they've put, the, they've put the clamp down on everything. They know that the people are not happy with the way the country's going. 
more so today than they were when Ross Perot ran. They know that if they let somebody in the door, that they're losing power. So they blocked and barred the doors and put chains on it and put armed guards outside. And they're doing every – and I'm speaking metaphorically, obviously. But you're saying sure. they to make sure that nobody gets a real voice because they want to make sure – a little bit of a voice, just enough to satiate the people who are uh, – you know, people like me who are kind of political junkies and are, are real serious about it. <laughs> just enough exposure to bleed enough – to bleed a few votes off of the person who they want to bleed votes off. You notice how um, – uh, libertarian candidates traditionally bleed votes off of the Republican side of the ticket, uh, whereas like Green Party candidates traditionally bleed votes off of the Democratic side of the ticket. Well, you notice where the you, who's getting a lot more press these days? Gary Johnson, or um, now I'm drawing a blank. Jill Jill Stein, the uh, the, yeah. the uh, I believe she's a Green Party candidate. Um, who's getting who's getting more press? Well, why are they getting the press? Well, I I think at least part of it, at least part of it is because the liberal media is saying, look, we want to give just enough press to Gary Johnson so that people know who he is and he can believe some votes off, but not enough press so that he becomes a viable candidate because they want to see Obama get reelected. Um, now, of course, like I said, to me, it doesn't make any difference who gets reelected. It's, it's the same thing. Um, you know, philosophically, they, they come from the same, uh, you know, they come from the same place. But, mm-hmm. they, you know, they've locked and barred the doors and they said nobody's allowed in. And we don't want to let anybody in, and we don't want to have anybody but this false choice, but this, this, this BS choice that we set up for you, and that's all that you're allowed to see. But we're starting to realize that there is somebody behind the curtain. You know what I mean? Hmm. Absolutely. Well, we out of time. I really appreciate uh, uh, the information. We've got a few different points in this episode. We went twice as long as we thought we would, but... And I really appreciate you coming and sharing your voice and sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, sir. Take care. Again, this has been the show. Thank you for all for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For more information about equipment financing and asset-based loans, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. Or call us at 866 866- 611-7457. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. And thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.